When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of the CHGO Bears Podcast. Presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm your host, Nicholas Moriano, filling in for Adam Hogue, who's on vacation. Will DeWitt is also on vacation. But I got you guys. For today's show, I have one of the best in the business here. Someone who isn't afraid to speak his mind, Herb Howard. He's a Chicago Bears beat reporter for the Bigs. He's also the co-host of the I Said What I Said podcast, Herb. I am so pumped to have you on today. What's going on, my man? Nick, what's going on, brother? I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I was looking around like, who is he talking about? Like, who else is coming? This guy right here. <laughs> this guy right here. It's an absolute pleasure to be on, man. I love what y'all are doing. The place is so dope. Y'all got an all-star staff over here. The content has been phenomenal, man. Salute to y'all, for real. And Herb, I mean, you, you kind of were talking about the ping pong table. We're going to have to run a game after, oh, yeah. uh, you after don't, the show? You don't want no smoke. Like, you don't want that. Oh, I say the same thing about everybody <laughs> you know here. I mean? So that's okay. That's okay. So the actual real show is going to happen after, after this show. podcast. Right. So right. we'll have to tune into that. But like I said, man, I'm so happy to to have you here and like to to kind of start things off. Her, I when I got credentialed last year, and I think mm. that's when you kind of started too with this Bears beat. Yeah. But I kept hearing Herb Howard ask questions mm. in these press conferences every single time, and that's where I'm like, who is this dude? Who is this dude who's <laughs> always getting on the on you know. First up with the questions in the press conference, I'm like, I got to get to know this guy yeah. because he seems pretty cool and obviously knows knows his way around things. Yeah, no, it was fun, man. It was it was interesting to kind of get acclimated to it, coming into it. Um, obviously, a dream come true to be able to cover the, cover the Chicago Bears every day, go yeah. up to Hallis Hall. I still remember my first drive up there and coming up to the gate and just you know just the feeling like this is this is this is happening. This is the thing, and so uh, you kind of get those kind of like pregame butterflies when you're yeah. driving up. But then once you get in there, it's kind of like once the ball goes up, it's just now it's just now it's just talking sports, not just doing your job. And so uh, once you get in there, you just start talking ball. And it's cool to be talking ball with, you know, Bears players, Bears coaches, but it's still just ball. And so you just ask some ball questions. And, uh, you know, I wanted to just come in and, and find out things that I, that I wanted to know. And so I would ask those For kinds sure. of questions. And uh, certainly it was great to come in and, you know, see so many um, sports journalists who've, who've worked that I've appreciated for a long time. But, you know, I didn't want to come in looking to, like, make friends or anything like that. I just wanted to come in and, and, and add to the room. And so exactly. I just wanted to be able to ask my questions. And I found, you know, as the new guy, it was probably better for me to, you know, fire my questions off as quick as possible because you, yeah. you end up getting stepped on and stuff like that. So uh, I just got comfortable, you know, you know being you, honestly, just being you yeah. and just kind of establishing yeah. uh, who you are and, like, what you're about. But, you know, we're definitely going to circle back 
to this conversation yeah. uh, at the end of the podcast here. But I think we need to talk about and everybody. It, look, it's June, June second. Everyone wants to know what's going on with the Bears still, even though it's it's June. No, nothing's happened season, right? for for exactly. Nothing's <laughs> happened for about a month here. But where I want to start this this podcast, this show today, Herb is looking at this Bears team, this 2022 team, and talk about some of the reasons to feel optimistic about what the Bears can potentially do to, you know, get get people, uh, I guess, hyped up for this season um, and just kind of get excited for a team that does have a lot of question marks. I'll kind of just start off here. For one reason, one for to be optimistic about the Bears, I think the coaching staff has Justin Fields' best interest in mind. Yeah. When, you, when you think about it, how they're kind of building the offense when – they want to get fields outside the pocket. We've been at the voluntary training yeah. camp practices. Yeah. There's more opportunities for him to roll out, to kind of get on the move, to play to his strengths, which uh, the, the previous regime didn't kind of – Too much like right. Too much, yeah, just too much thinking <laughs> there, I guess. Um, but also just establishing um, the run game. And I know, Herb, you love Come your on. fullbacks. Come on. Love your fullbacks. So I think that's going to be a big part of yeah. what the Bears want to do to try to get Justin Fields going – but also just looking at the attention to detail that you can kind of see out of certain members of this coaching staff, like Andrew Ginoco. Mm -hmm. Every mm -hmm. time you see him, Justin Fields will throw, throw a pass. He'll roll out. He'll do his footwork drills. Ginoco's yeah. always there, like always. talking to him. And again, look, it's his first year with the Bears. It's a new regime, new offense. you got to be very detail-oriented. But I look at all those components, and then Justin Fields himself, it feels like those are reasons to feel – optimistic about what the Bears can do on offense this season. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I think the, the most promising thing that I've heard this offseason um, in, term of, in terms of Luke Getze talking about, you know, tailoring the offense to do what his, mm -hmm. to, to do what his players do well. And I think that that is important. I think sometimes as coaches, you know, we can kind of get this kind of sense of, you know, arrogance and my system's going to work. And we kind of try and, you know, make the players kind of conform to the system. And I know everybody's got their general system of what they want to do. But within that, you kind of got to tailor it to the strengths of your players. And so to understand that um, and hear the offensive coaches talking about doing that, whether it's getting uh, Justin outside the pocket and, and throwing on the move or whether it's bringing in a fullback to, you know, increase the running game, those types of things, just do what works for you. I think that was one of the failures of, of Matt Nagy uh, mm -hmm. in, in the previous regime. I think that, you know, he came in and he tried to, almost recreate the Kansas City Chiefs offense. And that's yep. fine. That's a great offense if you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey <laughs> and Cheetah. Reed, and, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and if you have those guys, fine. But if you don't, that doesn't mean you can't win football games. You just can't win them like that. But he tried to continue to win them like that, and it's just not going to work. The Bears, uh, they aren't going to be an explosive offense this year either, right? Mm -hmm. And that's okay. doesn't mean you can't win. You just have to win it in a different way. And I think that if you are self-aware enough to understand who you are, what you do well, and what, maybe what you don't do so well, and then kind of stay away from those things, you can find yourself being really, really competitive against most teams in this league and give yourself a chance in the fourth quarter. And when you're a team that's kind of going through this rebuilding process, that's really all you can ask for. Do, do we have a chance late in the game to, tr to try and, and pull out a victory? And I think the Bears should give themselves an opportunity to do that if they play ball control football, they have a good running game, they try to stay ahead of the chains, play solid defense, take away the ball when they get an opportunity, protect it on offense. I think they, they have an opportunity to surprise some people, certainly not you know, Super Bowl contenders or anything like that mm -hmm. this year, but they can be more competitive than I think most people think they will be. You know, Herb, I liked what you said about being self-aware because mm -hmm. when you look at this team, it's it's not the best wide receiving core. It's yeah. it's obviously Luke Getze coming into an offensive coordinator role and calling plays for really the first time yeah. in his career. So it's like knowing what you have on this team in itself, and I, I like the coaching staff even though it's all new. Yep. Right, like what Eberflus is doing with the hits philosophy and just the – it kind of feels like he runs a tight ship. 
right? If yes. you're someone that's going to cause personal foul penalties, pre-snap penalties, he's not going to take that. No. You, you probably are not going to have playing time. That The loafs, right? If you're not making these tackles, running to the football, you're going to lose playing time. So I feel like that's another reason that if you're a Bears fan feeling very pessimistic about the season, sure. it's like sure. the coaching is going to be better, far better, and hold players accountable, which you didn't really see last season. There was like Mario Edwards had, I, don't, I, don't even, I can't even tell you how many um, oh personal foul penalties he had, but there was never seemed like there were any repercussions. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel like it's going to be the case with Matt Eberflus in the squad that he kind of is assembled here in Chicago. Yeah, I think he understands, again, that the formula that they have for success and the, the, the margin for error is small with this team. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when, when that's the case, you can't afford to shoot yourself in the foot with false stars, with offsides, with illegal formation. I heard you talking about, you know, how many times they did those things even coming out of timeouts last year. Mm-hmm. Like, you come out of timeouts, how do you have a delay of game? How do you have a false star? How do you have an illegal formation? That's the Matt Nagy special. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it is. is a Matt Nagy <laughs> special. It's like you, you, you can't have those types of things. And so I think that Matt Eberflus understands that, and he's going to try as, as best he can to eliminate those things, eliminate those mental errors, eliminate those small physical errors, get to the football. That is how you kind of create turnovers. And I know that there's this kind of, you know, random – to turnovers, right? And everybody, mm-hmm. like, they're coming mm-hmm. bunches, and I don't really know what that means, right? To how do you go about, you know, creating more turnovers? Everybody's trying to take the ball away, but I think that you can put yourself in position to have the ball bounce your way more often. When you're getting, you know, 11 hats to the football, if that ball does pop out, your chance of getting it goes up a lot. And I think we've seen that previously with Bears defenses here in Chicago mm-hmm. where they just get a lot of people to the ball, and then when that thing pops out, we're there on it. When it pops up in the air, we're there for it. And that's how you win games. I don't care if you go back to, you know, the two overtimes from Mike Brown or you go into Charles Tillman hey, or yep. even the 18 defense. You, you, you find ways to just be around the football, and it tends to bounce your way. And so I think that those types of things will give the Bears, again, just an opportunity to, to remain competitive throughout the season. And if Justin Fields continues to develop and he can kind of – compensate for the lack of explosiveness offensively. And I think the Bears, you know, again, they could surprise some people. You know, the thing is, too, it's like you have to – these habits – got to create habits, right? Ooh. So if you're constantly running to the football, everyone's trying to punch at the football. And we're seeing that in practice that. Yeah. constantly. And we're hearing about Jaquan Brisker and, and Kyler Gordon already yeah. being the leading guys, yeah. creating these turnovers. It's like if you practice it and bring it in practice every single day yeah. – why would it be any different on game day? No, it's, a, it's an energy thing. You see, we see it on incomplete passes. Mm-hmm. You see it on fumbles late. Even the ball, whatever the ball hits the ground, the defense is picking it up. They're scooping. They're scoring it. They got to run it all the way back. They run it all the way back. And um, I think that you just kind of create those habits, and you'll start to start, start to see those things. And when you don't do those things, they show up as well. And they show up in ways like, well, why didn't anybody touch that receiver when he was down on the ground? Mm-hmm. Because nobody was running to the ball, right? It's not a it's not a habit they're used to doing. And why didn't anybody pick up that loose ball? And, you know, those, those types of things that, you know, we can get back to, you know, that Lovey Smith era where, you know, if the ball's on the ground, it don't, we're going to get matter, it. Right? Yeah. So the ref going to have to tell me to play over. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, but th- that's the type of attitude that we're seeing out there on the practice field, and it certainly should translate onto game day. Exactly. And a big part of that will be the linebacking course. When I look at yeah. this for reasons to be optimistic, I know it, there's still question marks with Nicholas Mora. What he, mm-hmm. can he be? Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good tandem with him and Roquan Smith. And Roquan's going into his contract here, yeah. right? He's going to yeah. want to ball out and get, yeah. that, get that money, right? Yeah. And when you have another guy that, you know, is trying to prove himself to this league, to this organization, being his first year here in Nicholas Morrow, I think you have a tandem there that can do some really good things in 2022. They talked about the interchangeability that both will have. Yeah. We, we heard that Morrow's calling, calling some of the plays there, having the headset, but – if it's a will, if one's the will, one's the mic, it could change on any given play. Sure. But they're establishing that continuity, that chemistry already in, in the offseason. But I, I feel optimistic about 
what that tandem can do. And, you know, Alec Ogletree did nicely for coming sure, in and, sure. you know, being a late addition to the Bears last season. But I think having a guy like Morrow alongside Roquan Smith and his new 4-3 defense and whoever plays, you know, the Sam linebacker when yeah. he's sparingly out there, I do like the, the addition of that linebacking room and what they can potentially do. Yeah, I think there's a lot of speed. There's a lot of athleticism. They both play with great instincts. They can mm-hmm. get downhill. They make t- they get in the backfield for TFLs, those types of things. I think that um, their success is going to be is going to largely depend on the ability of the front line to kind of hold mm-hmm. up those those offensive linemen because neither of those guys are really big guys. No, um, yeah. but they, they are very fast. They're very instinctive. They find the football. But if you can just kind of keep the, keep them clean from those offensive linemen then they'll be able to shoot those gaps. They'll be able to make plays in the backfield, whether that's on the running back or the quarterback. And so I'm excited to see what those two can do together. I think they'll end up competing for each other and trying to mm-hmm. see, like, who's getting yeah. the most tackles. And I think they'll both probably, you know, be up around 100 tackles this, this year. I would, I would expect them to both be there to kind of just make those kind of plays. They have that kind of tackling ability. They both strike with force when they yep. get to the ball. They can get sideline to sideline. It'll be certainly interesting to see, you know, exactly what kind of player Morrow was. Just watching them on tape, you can see the speed and the instincts and those types of things. Putting them next to Roquan should be really, really good for both of them. Yeah, no, I, I think so, too. Now, now, Herb, like, we listed a couple of things, and is there anything else that kind of stands out to you? Like, okay, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe it's an individual player. Yeah. Maybe it's a scheme, a coach. Yeah. Anything else that kind of stands out for you as you're kind of watching the 2022 season and seeing how it can go in, in a positive direction? Yeah, I think the fastest way for the Bears to be successful is to solidify this defense, right? And so mm-hmm. if this defense can kind of get good quickly, uh, that'll that'll bode well for the Bears. And so I think for them to do that, the most important piece that I'm looking at right now is Eddie Jackson. Can he return mm-hmm. to the form that we've seen him play with early in his career? I know he's been disappointing for the last year or two, and, and, and you know people have been calling them out, and rightfully so. But I think that if he can get back to that kind of level, and certainly he has the ability, we've seen him do it, right? So we know we, that he has the ability to do it. If he can get that done, um, I think that he's going to create a lot of opportunities for the Bears on the back end, create some turnovers like that. If he can be a leader on the back end, allow those young guys to kind of settle in, Jaquan um, and Kyler to kind of settle into their roles. And I think that uh, I'm looking for uh, Eddie Jackson to really step up and have a big year. Now the question becomes how well does Eddie Jackson assimilate into a system that requires a lot of discipline, a lot of focus, a lot of attention to detail. Uh, that's not necessarily what we've seen from him in terms of his strong suit. Mm-hmm. I do think he's a smart football player, um, but, you know, does he really want to, you know, focus in and do the, and do the little things? And if he does, then I think that, that could bode well for the Bears. They need him to play well, not only well, but game-changing plays on the back end. They're going to have to be able to take away the ball, and he's going to be critical to that. Yeah, and Herb, it's a good question to even ask, like, can – can A. Jackson ever get back to the 2018 version? I don't know. Because he was on a historic pace. He, yeah. was, he was almost like an MVP contention yeah. for what he was doing. But, yeah. man, if he can even get to half of that, yeah. what does that do for a Bears defense? What does that do for Jaquan Brisker and, and yeah. the rest of the secondary where you're able to create turnovers or make those plays on the ball and, you know, ultimately give more opportunities to Justin Fields, maybe yeah. on a short field. So it would be – it's really interesting to see – Again, how Eddie Jackson can acclimate to this new defense. He's yeah. going to ask him to do a little yeah. bit of different things. He's still learning that. We were we were talking to some of the coordinators mm-hmm. last time we were at House Hall. We've actually had a nice week off. Which yeah. Been, yeah, it's, it's been, been good, cool. Herb. Not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. Um, but like right now, they just said, yeah, they're just learning the basics, the fundamentals of the defense. So seeing how an Eddie Jackson can pick pick up on that, and yeah. now a, a year where he's still getting paid like one of the better safeties in the league. 
We still we need to see that. Yeah. That's that's a big thing with with Eddie Jackson. He was on the Hall of Fame trajectory to start his career, man. Ed he Reed was like talked really glowingly on, about yeah, it, right? He was on that kind of trajectory. And even if you just like go back and look at his stats and just look at how many touchdowns he's had taken off the board, and he always yeah, reminds you yeah. of that. If he had those, you're you're really talking about getting him into the same caliber statistically as Hall of Famers in terms of defenders with touchdowns on the board. And so um, if he can just get back to uh, a sim- some semblance of that player. Uh, that should that should really really be good for the Bears. It'll be good for Jalen Johnson. It'll be mm-hmm. good for Kyler. It'll be good for whoever wins that nickel spot. If, if if Eddie Jackson resembles the Eddie Jackson that we saw his first few years around here, this defense has a chance to be good. It does. It does. Um, one last thing, kind of talk about where look. I'm looking forward to watching this happen. Yeah. Is this Bears rushing attack? Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing them effectively use the outside zone scheme. Not to where like the Bears were just outside the top 10 in terms of rushing attempts last season. It almost seemed like they did it because they had to. We should probably run right now. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly like, When's the last time we ran the ball? Yeah, let's hand it off. (laughs) Matt Nagy, I like to pass it, and that doesn't work either. So I want to see how this now with um, this new scheme, and Tevin Jenks talked about how different it is from the one that they ran last season, Mm -hmm. but how that can accentuate their running backs with the David Montgomery. Getting Khalil Herbert. More involved, right? Yeah. I want to see a little bit more of Herbert this season as opposed to last year, even though every time he touched it, touched the rock, he, he usually did good things. Yeah, he did. So just seeing how they can take this maybe running back by committee approach, but Dave Montgomery obviously being the main guy, how effective they can be with the running game. I think there's just more, I guess, exact details when, when running it, and like that should be good for the Bears' offense, but good for Justin Fields to work off that play action if you can get – you know, more of those defenders kind of sucked in. You get the play-action pop pass. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how this running game can be more effective in 2022. Yeah, no, it, it's a critical piece to that formula that I was talking about earlier in terms of, you know, having a formula for success. And it doesn't have to be like the Packers or like the mm-hmm. Chiefs or anything like that, right? It can be the Bears' formula for success, and it's absolutely going to include running the ball, playing ball control offense. I think they need to win time and possession every single week. They need to get close to 35 minutes a game. That's a good point. They can get close to 35, and I know, that, I know that may be a high number for them, but they can get close to 35. It's going to take a lot in terms of the running game, staying ahead of those chains. But I think if you can come out and, and you know, hey, we can get four yards on first down, right? We can get four yards on first down. Now we're second and six. Now the entire playbook's open. Now we can mm-hmm. stick it back in there, pull it out. We can boot Justin around. We can hit blasting game in the flat, you know, because you yep. know that's what I want oh, to see. Oh, you I know what I mean? see it too, so, actually. Yeah, now. like get, get, get him out there. Some play action. Now you got a fullback out there one-on-one with the corner or a nickel, and he's going to run that dude over. You know what I mean? Oh, now you got another five, six dude. yards whenever you want it. And then that's going to open up things in the middle for Cole Komet. You'll get these speedy receivers doing whatever they're going to be doing on crosser routes or whatever. Hit the bubble screens. Get the ball out there quick. Let them pick up a quick five, six, seven yards. Those are the types of things that the Bears are going to be needing to do just to stay ahead of the chains. And it's fine. Like, nobody's out there covering, you know, Bayless or, or whomever. Or Pringle just snap it. Throw it out there to them. Let them mm-hmm. take the five and six yards right there. But the running game is going to be essential to that. If they can get their running game going, that's what's going to allow them to do all those other things off of that. And, again, just stay ahead of the chains and, and, and play ball control offense. Completely agree with you. Herb, I just want to say this. When Kahari Blasting Game scores his first touchdown, I want to be there. What? I, when he scores what? his first touchdown, I want to be there where what? you're at. 
seeing your reaction happen because I know it's just going to be yeah it's, it's going to be something I, it's, it's going to be good man I, th- <laughs> I think I think you know whether it's on a on a fullback dive or it's on some type of play action pass out you know getting to the pylon and running somebody over I, I'm I'm going to be very very excited I'm not even going to watch the play happens at Soldier I'm just look at her we, we we tend to sit next to each other pretty close to each other at Soldier Field so hopefully to be at home and uh you know we can we can enjoy that moment because uh, I've been I'm excited to have the fullback back here now I know everybody's been giving me a hard time about it, especially Jason Lee shout out to Jason but he'd be giving me a hard time about the fullback uh, all the time, but um, yeah, I think I think it I think it'll be a good thing for real. I think so too. It's yeah. a, again going back to kind of like those old school Bears. Yeah. That's the last time they were successful. Yeah. They had a good defense. They can run the ball. Probably had a fullback. Get right? you a fullback. It, Get you a fullback. Good things can happen. I don't know why. I don't know why the fullback has been phased out of the game. I mean, I do know why. But I, the Forty ers use their fullback pretty damn effectively. They have a pretty good offense. With Juszczyk, Juszczyk is the most important person on that offense, in my opinion. No, no just to Debo or any of those guys. But I think that what he allows them to do is critical to their success mm-hmm. offensively. And I think that if you can get something like that from blasting game, because he is an athletic guy. like He's, he's very big, athletic, yeah. But you, you see him running with the ball, he doesn't look that different from a running back. Or you see no. him catching the ball out of the backfield, he doesn't look that different from a running back. And so I think that his athleticism is going to allow them to do a lot of things, not only his size in the running game and leading up on backers, but also getting out into the passing game. I think he's going to be able to do a lot for the Bears in that as well. I think so too, Herb. Yeah. Now, of course, we talked about all the, the reasons to feel optimistic about the Bears. Like, yeah, yeah this is how they're going to, you know, take over this season and do some good things. This is the time for optimism. Exactly. We're <laughs> June. We're early June. But we're also going to address the other, yeah. the other end of this uh, conversation. But first, I have to tell you about PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, the one that Lawrence is showing yeah, right like there. That's the Bulls one. Get your drip there. And it's all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allCHGO.com, and we'll help you out. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. Actually, real quick, Herb, we got the, you got the Celtics and Warriors. You got, yeah. Who do you got and who you got taking it? I, 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 got, I got Golden State, man. I'll take Golden State in, in six. I think that okay. yep. um, I think they just got, they just got too much firepower, and I think that defensively, if you can you know, use Draymond to kind of you know, at least make things tough, on Jason Tatum, and then you can use um, Wiggins to make things tough on yeah. Jalen Brown. And I think that th- that'll kind of limit what what Boston can do. And I think just offensively, they just have too much firepower, man. Now that that dude Poole has become the player that he's become, he's, he's awesome. It's a problem. You got this other dude who just dropped thirty. It's like, okay, we're we'll having a hard time with Steph and Clay, and I, this other dude can just give us thirty. That's a problem. Like that's it, that, that's a problem. I, I don't think that the Celtics can solve it. The Celtics do play. Phenomenal, phenomenal defense. They can switch a lot because of their versatility. Um, and I think that that'll give them a chance, but I think that only a chance to win a couple games. I'll take uh, Golden State in six. I'm, I'm in the same lines there, too. And the experience, too. The experience. Yeah. Like, this is the Celtics and having a young squad. They, look, they went through a bunch of teams to get there, right? They yeah. took down Kevin yeah. Durant. They took down Giannis. And then, obviously, Jimmy Butler yeah. just all in the East. But what was go- that? What was that three? <sighs> look, here, to hey, you. actually, you know what? Hold on, Herb. I'm, I'm with that three. I'm totally fine There's with no that. There's no way three. you're with that three. So here, here's the thing. I think it's no Jimmy way. Butler's three to take 
because of what he did in the series. It's, yeah. Jimmy's, it's Jimmy Butler's team. He can do whatever he wants. That doesn't make it the right decision, right? I think yeah. the ball has to be in his hand, right? And so certainly get him the ball. I would have liked but to see you him get, drive to the You get your too. best player with the ball in his hand, and Al Horford is the only Backing thing between up. you and the basket. Up. You blow by him and go dunk the ball and go to overtime, I, right? I, well, I hear that, but mm-hmm. he played all 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. Does he want to go to overtime? Probably not. Yeah, probably not, he's but prob- he probably he's also doesn't have a lift in his shot either. Right, but also, like, if, if, he, if he goes to the basket and ties the game with, I think it was, what, like 20 seconds? Or I don't yeah. know how much time was Somewhere left. around there, yeah. yeah. So now, now Boston has, has the, the ball last chance here. When he, hits, when he takes that three, I think it – actually, I think it was more than 24. I think they would have had another possession if okay. Boston went back down and scored. So they would have had the last shot. So I think that's why he did it. I don't know. I, again, I just don't think he, – he didn't have the legs to play another five minutes. So I was like – yeah, I, I don't, I I don't disagree with, with that. And, you know, far be it for me to say exactly. I just the, – the matchup to me kind of dictated yeah. that he should have went to the right. bucket. Horford running back. If it was a different mm-hmm. situation, yeah. then he just took the three and missed it, fine. You live and die with your best player taking yeah. the final shot. But you're one-on-one. There's nobody behind him. You take him to the cup and you tie up the game and then you see what happens next. Yeah. It's game seven. It's game seven. And, you're right, and, 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 and if, if it was Steph – Different well, conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? He would have pulled up at half court. 32% career three-point shooter. Yeah. I think 20-something this year. Like, like, come on, bro. Like, you, yeah. you can get a better shot than that. That's all I'm saying. He could have he gotten a better shot than that. And you're right. Living if, that with your best player. If he bro. goes and bangs on Horford, maybe he gets a foul on maybe. the maybe. old-fashioned yeah. Maybe. Three. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, okay, you know, hindsight fine. is twenty twenty. I was I was just surprised. When he stopped and pulled up, I was like, really? I was like, drain this, drain this, Jimmy, and it didn't happen. Didn't happen. It, didn't happen. It, you know what happened. But, you, know. Uh, you know, I'm going with the Golden State Warriors in seven because I know Matt Peck placed a bet early on in the season where he had the Warriors-Celtics and he had the Warriors winning in seven, so I hope he wins a good amount of money over there. But yeah, just want, I need to get your thoughts there, Herb, on yeah. uh, this this final series. Uh, but to continue the points bet ad read, for the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same game parlay only with points bet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can also boost your live same game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with points bet. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Come call 1-800-522-4700. We got one more, you guys. It's one of my personal favorites. Athletic Greens. I don't know if you've, you've ever had Athletic Greens, her, but really great product. Makes you feel good. You just put it in a smoothie. And I'll kind of tell you a little bit about it right here. Um, as, you get, as everyone knows who listens to the CHGO Bears podcast, I take my Athletic Greens every morning before my workouts. Feel great after it. Just feel great. Just cleans your – feels good in your system. Um, with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus, and that's why I take my Athletic Greens, and you should too. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day, so if you're an avid coffee drinker, it's less than that, and you feel great after taking it. It also helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which I know we all definitely need. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears, again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Mm. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. 
You know, occasionally you got to throw in a drop. You know, that was that was new. <laughs> mm, goes down smooth. You know, I like that. Yeah. Um, that's sweet, man. That's sweet. That's this is the season too, man. I, you know, every year you're like, hey, you know, by the summertime I'm gonna get my life together, and then the summertime comes around and I'm still fat. It's like, dang, I'm still fat. Like, I was hoping something would change. Did you do anything different? No, no. I was hoping something no, would it's change. Summertime, though. Right, it's summertime. <laughs> the calendar is here. What do you mean? I'm not. I don't have a six pack yet. It's crazy. Oh, uh, but. Uh, Damn but it. yeah, having having something like that to kickstart the day is is definitely beneficial. I need to, I need to get in tune for sure. For sure, for sure. And I also need I also need to find the CHGO closet around here because the merch is off the chain. Okay, okay. all yep. the shirts and stuff be super raw. Appreciate that, Herb. <laughs> yeah, uh, allchgo.com. Um, have a bunch of different um, yeah. merch that we have there. We're looking to you know eventually add some more more shirts there. I think Lawrence is pulling it up uh, here. Let's yeah, see. let me get to oh, the merch yeah, page the, here. It's the CHO the Locker. CHO website. CHO oh, Locker. Yeah. We're going to share the screen there. There we Perfect. go. Perfect. Yes, as we uh, scroll down. So for people who haven't, there we go. you know, just updated their wardrobe. Ooh, and look at cool that. Red shirts. Stars. I mean, you got Fire. them all right there. Sky. Look at that bear. That Cubs one on mm-hmm. the left right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you're a Chicago sports fan, we have a shirt for you. So definitely yeah. go check that out. Um, we have a bunch of great stuff. And just, again, subscribe to CHGO and get all the great content that we have here. Sweet. So, Herb, we talked about the reasons to be optimistic. Let's go the exact opposite. Let's be. Let's get real here <laughs> with this real. Bears team, and you know, reasons to be pessimistic about the 2022 Chicago Bears. Do we have to? We have to. Come on, it's we got to address both sides. Like, June like second. any any reporter, you got to you know get yeah. both sides of the story here. What's your number one as you're looking at at this Bears team, this 2022 season, where you're like, that's going to be a problem. I, it's just when. It's not even an if, it's when is it going to be a problem. Well, I, I, I start with the offensive line. That's, that's, that's First number, thing I have in my notes That's here, number too. one for me. Is, it's, it's so many questions on the offensive line. I like Cody. I like Lucas. I don't know anything else. I'm no. not certain about anything else, right? Mm-hmm. I would love to be confident about Tevin and Larry, and I have no idea what's happening at right guard. I can't imagine they're going to go into the season with Sam Musfer as the right guard. Dakota Dozier? No. <laughs> It's no knock on no knock on Sam. I, I think he's a football guy. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He loves the game, but I, he's he's really undersized at right guard. He was undersized at center. Now you bump him out to right guard, and I feel like he's even more undersized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't know what they're going to do there. If the offensive line can find a way to stabilize itself, then I think that gives them a chance to do the things they want to do, which is establish that running game again, get the bootleg, get the play action game going. But I I I can't confidently say that they have a solid offensive line. Certainly not good or great, but if can they just do they have a solid offensive line? I don't know for sure. They flip they flip uh Tevin and Larry Borm. You get Tevin back on the right side, which is probably his more comfortable spot. You get Larry on the left side. He seems to be a little bit more athletic. Um and so I think, you know, it it could be it, it could work out. But I certainly don't know that. And I don't think anybody knows that. I think anybody that tells you they know that is lying to you, even inside of Hallis Hall. They don't know that. They've got their hands on those players. They haven't seen any of those big guys in pads. No, they don't know yeah. that. And so there's just a lot of questions on that offensive line. I think that, that my concern for the Bears starts there. No, and it has to. And, like, the, the word you use, could. It could mm. work out. Could. But could. the thing is, with two young tackles and now having them flip from size that they played, uh, you know, last season, having sure. them flip, Larry Borum's only had he didn't have he didn't have much experience at left tackle last year. Like he the first game of the year, I think he had to go in when Jason Pierce went went out for a couple of snaps against the Rams. Then he played late on, late in the season, but he mostly played right tackle. Right. He didn't play left tackle when he was at Missouri. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a guy and putting him at left tackle there. So that 
we have to see how that all plays out. Yeah. But still, like you said, the uncertainty at right guard. Like we, I don't know if the starting right guard's even on this roster at this I hope point not. right now. Yeah. To right, be honest, right? I, I hope not, unless one of these young kids surprises you and just takes over the spot. And if that happens, then fine. I mean, they threw a lot of darts at the board at the end of the draft and, and, and undrafted free agency, and that's all you. That's all they could really do, is just throw a lot of darts at the board and see if one of them sticks. And maybe they do. Maybe they do. And if they do, fine, right? Maybe you get a couple of those guys that can actually stick for you, and they do, fine. But as I look at the roster right now, if I'm Justin Fields, I don't want to be behind them. If I'm David Montgomery, I don't want to be behind them. You know what I mean? At, at, at that right guard spot right now. And so maybe, like you said, maybe the, the starting right guard isn't on the roster yet. Maybe it's going to be, you know, Jason Peters-esque. You know what I mean? Where <laughs> yeah. you find a vet, you know, 10 minutes before week one, and he comes in and solidifies the spot because Jason Peters was able to come in and solidify that spot. He didn't. He wasn't, you know, Hall of Famer Jason Peters, but he was certainly serviceable for them over on their left side. And maybe they can find a guy like that who's kind of, you know, maybe a cap casualty or some other kind of cut Chain where – yeah, yeah exactly. those types of guys. And maybe you can find a veteran right guard, you know, at some point throughout the summer. And, and I think that they, at this point, I would, I would probably say they need to. They need to, yeah. And I saw one of the comments here, like maybe one of the rookies, like a Zachary Thomas goes in. And still, it's a rookie, you know, yeah. a rookie in day three of the draft. So you don't know how that's going to work out. Next to a, another rookie. Another, yeah. Tevin Jenkins Tevin. played, what, 50 snaps? You know what I mean? Like, it's just not it's not a lot of experience on the right side of that line. And so I think that, you know, if one of those rookies takes that spot, then it, it, it may bode well for him in the future that he can come in and take that spot. It may just say we don't have anybody else to put there. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have to see. I think if one of those guys comes in and takes that spot, then maybe it's fine, but you're very, very inexperienced over there. Absolutely. I see somebody here, uh, Hendricks, saying since Poles was an O-line himself, he will address the O-line. And, you know, you got to the, – the most qualified person – to yeah. probably address this is probably Orion Poles, right? Yeah. Being a former offensive lineman and having Ian Cunningham also being the assistant GM. So yeah. maybe they, they see something that we don't, but we just got to let it play out. Another area where I'm concerned about this Bears team is a lack of proven depth at the wide receiver position. Yeah. Herb, if Darnell Mooney were to miss any time this season, um, any time this season, then what? Like, what is that wide receiver core? Now it's Byron Pringle going up to the number one wide receiver. You have Valus Jones Jr., a third-round draft pick rookie. <laughs> like, Equinemius saying, like, your face says it all yeah, for people who are I watching. Know, for people watching her, yeah. But Darnell Mooney is going to take on that role of a number one. And he kind of did last season with sure. Allen Robinson kind of playing the way he did. But, man, if he misses any time, that wide receiver core is, I think, going to be exposed, and Justin Fields is going to see that himself. Yeah, that's 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 the another variable for the Bears this year is, is health, right? Yeah. Again, with their margin for error being so small, you have to factor in health to that equation as well. They can't afford for anybody to go down, right? No. They can't they can't have Jalen Johnson miss time. They can't have That'd Quinn miss time. They can't have Roquan miss time. They can't have anybody miss time. When you talk about that wide receiver group, they certainly can't have a guy like Mooney miss time. You don't have any proven, you know. You don't want to see Dante Pettis out there and Tajay Sharp? I, 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 don't, I don't think so. No. <laughs> no. I, I don't think so. And, and, Veterans, and, though, and, and yeah. maybe I'm wrong. But I don't, I don't think so. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think that you have a guy like Byron Pringle who comes over from the Chiefs offense, and I think that that's, that's an intriguing move, right? Because when We've you seen have, make plays in, in yeah. you know, those training camp yeah. practices over the middle of the field. Um, yeah, I, again. But. Yeah, when, you, when you have a guy who you know, was fourth, fifth option over in Kansas City, 
And then maybe he can come over and now maybe he can be a solid two or three for you or something like that. And, and, and maybe maybe he can be even better than that. You, you just don't know. Those upper echelon teams offensively, they've got weapons, man. You, the, the Rams won the Super Bowl. They've got Cup. They've got Jefferson. They've got OBJ. They had Robert Woods. They, they've got weapons all across the field. And you, I'd take any one of those guys. He'd be number one. Vance Jefferson would be the number one receiver on the Bears depth chart right now. You know what I mean? And so, like, maybe you, maybe you have a situation like that here where, you know, he – he had just had too many people in front of him out there, but maybe he can come over here and really show what he can do. You, so you put on this tape from Kansas State, this is an explosive, dynamic player, right? Mm-hmm. Byron Pringle is, is, a, is a different kind of athlete on the field. Now, can he match that ability with production? We'll, ha- we'll just have to wait and see. But, again, it's, it's an unknown. It's maybe, you know, but nobody knows that. Just like you can't – nobody knows what's going on in the O-line. Nobody can definitively with any confidence tell you that this – wide receiver core is going to produce for you. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and it, but again, we're not, we're not looking for 350 a game. We don't, you don't no, need no. to throw for 350, right? That doesn't have to happen. Nope. You can win games with 200. You can win games with 220, right? You can, you can win games with that, but you need those guys to kind of just be on the same page and to be opportunistic. Can they come up with the third and eights, third and nines when they got to have it? Mm-hmm. Who, who's that guy, right? Yeah. And what's going on with Cole Komet? Is he a good football player or not? <sighs> Again, we'll we'll see. Yeah, Maybe right. it could. What if? Like all these question marks that we have here about the Bears, but Cole Komet needs to get in the end zone. That's true. Like that is like the biggest thing for me as he approaches year three. And he, he when he was in his press conference, what last week when he spoke to the media, he yeah. felt rejuvenated. He felt hopeful about what this offensive scheme could do for him and his role in it. Yeah. But man, he he had what over sixty receptions last season. That's that's fine. Yeah. But, man, with only two touchdown receptions through two years, yeah. we need to see him be the big target that he is to come down with some of those, those contested catches sure. and be a, a reliable target for Justin Fields. But I don't – we haven't seen it. Well, yeah. they don't have Jimmy Graham in the way that, you know, the stupid <laughs> toss it up to Jimmy Graham garbage that they did Jump ball. a couple of years. Uh, yeah. I, I think that, you know, he's going to be really, really important to this Bears offense. Um, he's got to be able to make plays for them in the middle of the field. He's got to be a bit of a safety blanket for Justin in that 8- to 12-yard range. Like, if nothing else doesn't work, can I find my big guy in the middle and get him the football, and will he make mm-hmm. that catch for me? And I think he has that ability. But, you know, potential gets coaches fired all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, we need him to actually – become the player that we think he can be. They take him in the second round. He's got the physical gifts. You see the size. You see the athleticism. You see the hands show up. But, you know, we need that kind of production, especially in the red zone. You got to you kind of got to be able to see that. Anytime any team has had success that didn't have a ton of talent at the wide receiver position, they've had a standout tight end. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just what, that's what it takes. You got to have that kind of player. And so – uh, hopefully he can become that kind of player and, you know, he can continue to develop the chemistry. We've heard, you know, him and Justin developing this chemistry on the field, off the field. It has to translate on, onto Sundays. And if it does, it gives them a chance. But, it's, again, it's, a, it's another question mark. There's so many question marks on this offense. The only thing I, the only thing I feel good about is David Mung, the backfield. I feel the good backfield. about the backfield. Yeah. Right? Quarterback on back. I feel good about the backfield. Everything else is hopeful. Yeah, and there, there's so much. I mean, on my list of things to be pessimistic about, I probably have like just rows and rows and tons list, of pain. Man. Exactly. You don't rebuild because you got because you got everything figured out. It's like, a lot of holes on your offense when, on your team when you rebuild it. Yeah, no, definitely is. And like just to kind of add on to that, it's like Luke Getze worked with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Now he has Darnell Mooney. Yeah. And Devontae Adams got a majority of those targets, those receptions. 
and I, I do think this offense going to be like a committee approach. Everybody's going to get the ball at some point. But we just need to see how it works out with Lugetzi as a play caller. Yeah. How is he going to be able to handle those, those adjustments when defenses give it to him? We don't know. We have nobody's seen it yeah, yet. Yeah. So to you can feel you can feel optimistic about it. Sure. But we just have no idea. To kind of go to the defensive side here, Herb, real quickly, we we know how important the three tech position is. Gotta we know it. you gotta have it. Mm-hmm. And they did not get Larry Ogunjobi. But they did get their plan B, their sure. option two sure. in Justin Jones. Sure. It's a guy that missed six games last season when he was with the Chargers. He's never played a full season in the NFL. And when you look at that position, how important it is, it's like after, if he were to miss time, and maybe just got to assume so just because his history kind of shows it. The greatest indicator of future behavior is past behavior. Right? Just listen to Herb here. <laughs> exactly. You have Angelo Blackson, Mario Edwards. Yeah. At, at a position that is so vital for what the Bears want to do defensively. Alan Williams just talked about it. Matt Eberflus just talked about it. Do they even have the right guys there in – to kind of run the system that they want to do. And, you know, Justin Jones is still a young player mm-hmm. and can still prove a lot. And they released their 1920 football drive video. He seemed very optimistic, just very hopeful about what he can do for the Bears. But mm-hmm. you still got to have some reservations about what the Bears currently have at that position and what, they're, what they need out of it. Yeah, no, no. You're talking about being, having a, a successful cover two and a three tech. You are talking about studs right whether mm-hmm. you're talking about Warren Sapp or or or, or Tommy, Tommy Harris. Harris you know what I mean you you need dogs like not just like good dudes you need people who are game changers who are disruptors who cannot be one-on-one blocked who can penetrate who can get that beat like you you got to be able to do those types of things I'm not confident that Justin Jones can do that I, I'm not saying he's not a solid player but again you don't you need you need a game changer right there not a solid player and so I think that um, what's going to have to happen for the Bears is they're going to have to be absolutely dominant on first down, right? Yeah. They, they, mm-hmm. they can't get themselves into, you know, second and five, second and four. They have to shut down the run every single time. And I, I think that Kyrus Tonga and Angelo Blackson are going to be critical, right? I think that if Kyrus Tonga can develop into an immovable object, not, I don't think that, you know, he's going to be Eddie Goldman or anything like that, but he's really, really strong. He's a really, really strong kid. If he can just anchor and he can take on a guard in the center and then allow Roquan and Morrow to kind of flow behind him and make those tackles in the backfield, then that's going to give the Bears an opportunity on second and third down because I don't think that they'll be able to um, organically generate the pass rush from the front four. I think that Robert Quinn, if he shows up and he's there, I think, if, yeah. you know, I think he, he can be productive for them if he has anything close to the season he had last year. I don't expect him to you know, set the Bears record Eight, again. Yeah, right? and a half sacks. But if, 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 if he can have another productive season for you, and I also, I'm, I'm really excited about Travis Gibson. I think that he's yes. a guy who is primed to take another step forward and really kind of make his mark on this defense in this league. I think he is, um, I look at him very similar to Roy Robertson Harris. They both came in mm. um, smaller schools, undersized, kind of switching positions, trying to figure things out. But then they got their bodies right, right? They kind of reshaped their bodies and then they kind of took off. And I think that uh, Travis Gibson is on a similar trajectory to that. And I think that if he can take that next step forward, that will be really, really key for the Bears' success in terms of being able to generate a consistent pass rush without having to. Blitz. I think I, I like the I like the ability that they may have to blitz those mm-hmm. linebackers because they because of their speed. speed yeah. Um. But 
obviously you want to be able to get home without having to do that. And I don't know if that pressure is going to come from the middle. And so it becomes really, really important that you can generate it from the outside. If for no other reason, then you get slight protection or you get the guards kind of worrying about, you know, what's going to happen on these ends. And then that kind of makes things easier for the Justin Jones of the world. You know, with, with Travis Gibson, he becomes even more important if, yeah. if the Bears do trade Robert Quinn because we haven't seen him. Yeah. Other than him getting the award, the Brian yeah. Piccolo award, yeah. right? That was the one time he was at Hallis Hall mm-hmm. that we've seen. Sure. So if he's no longer in the picture, then you're, you, you need Travis Gibson to be yeah. a guy that can create pressure. You also need to re- rely on Al- Alquan D. Muhammad, who, who has not practiced yet. Yeah. That's why Dominique Robinson was running with the ones the last time we were at practice. Their, their fifth-round draft pick, yeah. who was a former wide receiver, now at the end. Yeah. And, again, you have to wait and see what he can do. Yeah. But, you know, the pass rush itself for me is another question mark. Where are they going to generate it organically? Are you, are you worried about Quinn? Are you, are, you really, are you worried that he won't be there? I feel like the longer it kind of holds out, I think you just get that, that feeling that he – I mean, mm-hmm. it, the age that he's at – is there a team right now that can take him to their to their you know their right. defensive line right. room and it's like we have a veteran right. we're looking to compete he's not right. going to be here for a long time mm-hmm. honestly I wonder what the Bears would even get for Robert Quinn that's the thing too that's yeah. why maybe I have reservations for him leaving it's like what do you get for a Robert Quinn you got a second round draft pick and what a six for for a Cleo yeah. Mack and you get all the money and stuff involved yeah. but. A Robert Quinn at the age that he's at, he's not, he's not giving you 18 and a half sacks again. No, he's it's not. not. So I'm like on the fence. Yeah, what about I, you? I think, I think he's probably more viable for the Bears than he mm-hmm. is to them in a trade. I um, think so. I yeah. think so. I think they would behoove them to keep him unless, unless they can get a trade. They kind of like, oh, somebody said they'll give us a two for him. I was like, really? Okay, cool. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't really see that happening. So I think that. I also don't I'm not I'm not really concerned about it. I don't really think that he's not going to show up. I think okay. that he's a veteran guy who understands his body. You know how he is. He's just a real low key. I don't know. I'll let me know when the game starts. I'll be there. Always <laughs> oh, in his sweats. He's, he's just that kind of guy. And <laughs> so is. I think that, you know, he'll show up when he's supposed to. And I think that he'll be productive. I think that he understands at this point what his body needs to be ready in terms mm-hmm. of a full 12 month calendar year to say, OK, this is what I need to do to be at my best. You know, come September and he remain in my best come January. I think that those those things I kind of just trust him on. He doesn't really seem like this high maintenance diva kind of guy who's no. like, oh, I want this. I want that. He's just a real just low key laid back guy. So I, I'm not worried. I think he's probably just somewhere at home working out, getting Chilling. his massages, making sure his back is OK. Those types of things. And I think that when it's time, I think he'll show up and I think he'll be ready to go. So well, like we could pencil in 12 sacks for the Bears for Quinn. I think twelve would be a good number. I, I, okay. I think that I think that eleven and a half should definitely be like that over under thing. Like right. I think I think twelve would be a double good digits. number for him. Yeah. All right. I would like to see Travis Gibson get into double digits as well. If too. you can get twelve and ten, if you can get twenty, twenty two from those guys, you know what I mean. I think that now you got the pass rush that we're talking about. If you can yeah. get twenty to twenty two from those two guys, then cool, right? Now, yeah. now, now you're on point. I now you can hope that. maybe Justin Jones can get you four to six or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like okay, now we okay, right? Yeah. But That's, you know. That's what they got to do. And someone mentioned here, will there be, like, coverage sacks? Like, should the secondary be better than it was last year, even despite two rookies being starting? Has to be. Yeah. Can't be worse. Yeah. Yeah, it can't be worse. Well, it can, but, God, that would be hard to do. But, see, you have talented players like Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker who should be the starters come week one. I don't – I think you can If Kyler isn't your starter outside week one – There's something wrong with Kyler. We're in trouble. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to have that guy – come in and solidify the number two spot 
from day one. I know the Bears are going to give him every, every opportunity to do so, mm-hmm. but if for any reason we start to get indications that the Bears are not sure that week one, when San Francisco gets here, he's lined up out there with the number one defense, it, the questions – because now you're talking, you're talking Kendall and you're talking Thomas. And Thomas it's, it's, Grant, yeah. it, it gets – it's, it's it gets mur- yeah, yeah, but everything we've seen so far, and again, super early on, yeah. I, I'm look really looking forward to seeing what he can do in the pads yeah. and just again going up against some competition where you can yeah. get a better indication yeah. of a corner. Yeah. Before we get into our last segment, Herb, I just got to ask you a question. What's up, brother? Do you want to start your day with a competitive edge? I do. You I do. really do. I got the thing for you right yeah. here. Strava CBD coffee is a game changer. It has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. And just so you know, for everyone who hasn't tried it, CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. Like feeling alert and focused without the jitters, living your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling at your best. And the best part of all of this, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only, one use per customer. Already love Strava, subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you are in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. We just have a bunch of things that you have to try here. Yeah. Just a bunch of things and they're all... I'll benefit. I'll benefit. Uh, y'all, got, y'all, got, y'all got the top top of the line in everything, right? So Appreciate I, I, it. I, I think that, you know, that's something I need to try because I definitely need to kickstart in the morning. And I like the, the sleep benefits, right? Because I, 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 my sleep pattern is trash. Well, with me, it's like I'm kind of, I got this device right here mm-hmm. and it's constantly mm-hmm. scrolling. Mm-hmm. Nothing's happening with the Bears. Nothing. Nothing's happening on Twitter. Nothing. Constantly scrolling. Nothing good. Nothing, nothing good. good. Yeah. yeah, nothing good usually. Good. Well, Herb, I, I'm really looking forward to this last segment because – Again, how we kind of teased in the beginning, mm-hmm. how I first <laughs> became aware of you, and I, you know, how I'll, I'll title this like how to command a press conference with Herb Howard. <laughs> like that is, Let's um, go. again, that's how I knew who you were. I'm like, who is this guy? Is constantly asking questions, and you know, for people that maybe are aspiring to go into journalism, maybe who watches, maybe not, mm-hmm. your choice. But where where does that come from, Herb? Like where you go into a press conference. And you're the first one. You're, yeah. you're usually the first one to ask a question. You project your voice over people that have been in the business for 20-plus years. Yeah. No, it's her power yeah. every time that we're hearing. Despite if you're the front row, back, it doesn't yeah. matter where you're at. Yeah. You can be off to the side. Yeah. Like, we were standing a couple times just at, you know, in the media room. You're going to get your question. And where does mm-hmm. that mentality kind of come from? I'm just a cool shot kid, man. Um, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a dude from the south side who, loves, who grew up loving the Bears. And I've always – you know, had my questions from at home on my couch. You know, just mm-hmm. these are things I want to know. And I, I love the game of football. I, I know it pretty well. And so I know what I'm looking at, right? And so I know what I want to ask, you know, before a game or, or after, I mean, leading up to the game during the week or after a game, those types of things. I know what it is I want to ask. And then I'm, I'm just not 
I just I'm not afraid to ask that question, right? Because I don't do it with any malice. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't it's not disrespectful. I don't. I don't have anything against you. You guys are world class athletes. All of y'all in the NFL. All of y'all can ball way better than I ever thought I ever could, right? All of y'all can ball. I respect these coaches. You're one of 32 in the league, like, I'm 132 in the world, right? I, I got a ton of respect for the work that you do. That being said, there are questions that need answers, right? And if, if things go wrong, then I got to ask you how what happened right here, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to ask it in some, you know, generic way for you to kind of figure out how you want to answer it. This is exactly what I want to know. This is exactly what I saw, and this is what I want to know. And can you answer that or not? It's like it's this is, this is just – what we're doing here, right? And I think so. I just I come in and answer it. Um, I also think that in terms of my ability to kind of get my question in when I want to get it in, whether it's first or later on in the press conference, those type of things. I think that comes from uh, just my ability over time as just as a host and as an MC. I've just I understand the timing of things, yeah. and I can All I can tell time. when somebody is about to stop talking, um, and 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 then I can just you know get my question in, and then you know you project a certain way, and it kind of. Everybody's like, okay, well, that came out first. And so uh, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's more of a natural thing than anything I've ever really spent time working on. But I think that, you know, just uh, asking the questions in a way that is respectful but that, that is direct. And the questions that people want to know, we all saw the game, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't need to go in there and ask you, you know, what the score was or, you know, <laughs> how Justin passed for two touchdowns. I, I know what happened on that, right? That, I, I saw it, right? But so, and, and somebody else is going to ask it anyway, right? So I don't have to say, hey, Justin, tell me what happened on that touchdown pass in the third quarter somebody's gonna ask that anyway so mm-hmm. I, I know that there's something else that that intrigued me in the game that I want to know and I just you know I go about asking and sometimes I just ask things because I'm a little crazy um, like, well uh, the one that comes to mind is just with uh, Braxton Jones yeah. if yeah if you want to tell the listeners kind of yeah, so what, Braxton Jones is, is is the Bears offensive lineman when they get him like six rounds something like that somewhere um, around there, yep. big guy big kid really nice guy soft-spoken uh, soft and, you know, that was the second time we had talked to him. We talked to him, you know, over Zoom mm-hmm. when they first drafted him. And then we talked to him at Hallis Hall. And I was just, the press conference was just going on, going on. I'm listening to him talk. And I'm like, this guy is really, really nice. And I was really having this conversation in my head. And before I knew, I was like, hey, Braxton, you ever had a fight before? And he was like, huh? It's like a fist fight. You ever had one? And he was like, uh, yeah. I was like, when was the last time you had one? On oh, my sophomore years. On the football field, or like no, like, and 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 maybe maybe I didn't need to ask him that, but it was exactly what I wanted to know because I just I need a little nasty in my offensive lineman. I mm-hmm. need to know that my offensive linemen are going to protect me as a quarterback, protect the running backs. They're going to be. They, you have to have that at least me. one of those guys who every time there's a scuffle on the field, you're like I know he's in the middle of it. You don't even have to see the numbers. Like I know he's somewhere in the middle of that thing. You just need some of those guys. And as I heard him talk more and more, there's nothing wrong with being nice guys. Nothing wrong with being well spoken. All of those things are great things i just need to know at some point do you have a switch and and do you have a line that say don't cross this line because i'll punch you in your mouth mm-hmm. and i just want to know if anybody's ever in his life crossed that line and so i before i knew it i, I just asked him that question i just I, I needed to know man no see i respect <laughs> the hell out of you for for asking questions that go against the grain or just you don't hear on an everyday basis yeah. but with her yeah. you just you know yeah. he's gonna ask the questions and and just always uh, be real with himself. But I asked Jalen something a couple of weeks ago that I was like, Ugh. was that about the uh, oh about, about taking risks? Right? Yeah, it's just about yeah. him being a little hesitant to pull the mm-hmm. trigger and and not you know taking those opportunities or taking those risks. And you know I think that he had opportunities for picks last year. He had mm-hmm. the one. Yep. But I think he had opportunities for more if he had just trusted what he saw, trusted his instinct. Because you can see it. He you can see that he sees it right. Exactly. He, he, he sees it, but then he kind of just hesitates a little bit to pull the trigger on it's like I don't know if it's because you don't want to get beat 
or you don't want to do something that goes against the deep. The great players make plays in places they have no business being, True, right? You man. talk about the yeah. Ed Reeds, and you hear, like, Bill Belichick talk about Ed Reed and how he's making picks in places that he has no business being. But he saw it, he understood what he saw, and he trusted his instincts to go and make those plays. Don't be scared to be great is what I want from Jalen Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think he has that kind of ability to be a great corner in this league. And I just don't want him to be scared to be great. But I asked him that in the middle of the press conference. And it was really probably more of a of a one-on-one conversation to have with him, but we haven't gotten to that point to be having those one-on-ones yet. And so I had to ask him when I had to ask him. But if I, I probably – I was like, ugh, should I have asked him that? I mean, he's probably in the middle of a contract negotiation. I don't want to make it seem like he could be a better player. Like, I like the kid, but you know what I mean? But I needed to know. I needed no, to know. No, for sure. Uh, once we get open locker room, which, yeah. you know, we haven't been a part of yet, yeah. that, that'll be definitely an awesome opportunity. Sweet. To just branch out too, get those individual stories from the players that we don't maybe always yeah, hear from and yeah. just honestly get to, to talking with more of the players. Yeah. One one last thing I did want to address, um, you know, with when you go to House Hall in the media room, mm-hmm. um, there aren't me- necessarily a lot of people that, that look like you, Herb. Yeah. Being, you yeah. know, a black man yeah. and one of the few reporters that can do that. Yeah. Like for me, I'm I'm full Hispanic, yeah. Mexican, Ecuadorian. I don't and for all the people in there, the, like the Bears media are great, really accepting. Yeah, it's been yeah, awesome. Yeah. But was there any, for you, did it take time? Like obviously last year's your first year being credentialed, but take time to mm-hmm. get comfortable in your own skin. Or like, like you said, it's always, that's always been you. But yeah, yeah. when you kind of see the room around you, you don't necessarily see you know, a lot of people that look like you. Yeah, certainly. Um, I, I didn't think about it much. You know what I mean? I, I certainly was aware of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't think about it. I just, you know, I just want to go in there and be my authentic self. I think that that is um, what I'm charged with, being a black man, being from the South Side. I, I, I just, I feel charged with showing up as my most authentic self in those mm-hmm. spaces. And I think that it is my duty to, to, to be authentic in hopes of opening up the door so that I don't walk in there and I'm the only black person in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't want that to always be the case, right? And like you said, you know, for the most part, everybody's been welcoming. Um, you know, maybe at first it's like, oh, the new guy, and people kind of give you that new guy cold shoulder, even mm-hmm. if you go to like a new school or something like that. But for the most part, the reception was very, was very warm. And, you know, if you need help with this or help with that, then yep. people were willing to help out and those types of things. And so, but for me, it was just, you know, it's about showing up and just being my authentic self. And I think that once people understood that I was an asset to the room, that I was going to um, ask questions that could help not only, you know, my stories or my content, but it can get information for everybody. Exactly. And I think that once people realize that you're an asset to the room, then it's not, you know, black, Mexican. It's not it, it, that that wasn't really that much important anymore. Um, but I, I, I certainly have have always, you know, kind of felt that way. You show up in those spaces mm-hmm. and I think that there I just I just feel like. I have a responsibility um, in those spaces to, to young black journalists everywhere, you know, to say, Absolutely. hey, we can be in these spaces and we can not only do the work just as well, but as much as I want to do the work very well, I want to do it in an authentic way. I don't mm-hmm. want anybody to look at me and say, oh, he's an exceptional black guy. Like, I'm not exceptional. I'm from 71st and Jeffrey. I'm just like all of them. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not special. Right. And I think that sometimes as black people, when we find ourselves in spaces where we are underrepresented, we kind of lose some of our authenticity because we're Mm -hmm. trying to code switch. We're trying to assimilate. We're trying to do these things to kind of fit in. And it's like, I I understand why you're doing that, but you're doing us as a collective a great disservice. Right. Because now the next time they see a young black dude with his hat turned backwards or tattoos, they're like, uh, Right. But if I show up and I'm got my head backwards and I got my tattoos and I got my Jordans on and like those types of things like, oh, well, maybe 
maybe I got this thing wrong. Maybe the hat backwards and the tattoos and the Jordans, maybe that doesn't mean anything other are. than he's got his hat backwards and tattoos and Jordans. Exactly. Maybe, maybe he can still speak well. Maybe he can still do his job at a very, very high level. And so I kind of take, take my blackness with me everywhere. I mean, it's not like I can avoid it anyway, but I, I, I try to be intentional about it in, 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 in those spaces. Herb, man, I appreciate you. Uh, There's a comment here. It said, Herb Goat. Absolutely, man. Thank you for keeping that. it real uh, on the CHGO Bears podcast. But that's going to do it for this Thursday edition of the show. And like I said, Herb, thank you so much for, for joining today. Before I close it out, though, yeah. where can people follow you sure. and all your work? Sure. So you can follow me on Twitter at Herb Howard 411, uh, Herb Howard 411. Or you can follow me at It's the Bigs. I covered the Bears for the Bigs Media, and you can follow us at It's the Bigs. Uh, yeah, do it. In the middle of baseball season right now, so you'll catch Terrence and Gino and the rest of the team out there covering the Bears and White Sox. And so you can follow us uh, there. Uh, would would love to have you. I gotta get better at Twitter, man. I I, I gotta get I gotta <laughs> get better at Twitter, man. I see you doing it, and I I got I just gotta get a little a little bit better at it. But yeah, that's definitely where you can where you can follow me at, man. I, I really really appreciate y'all having me here again. The facility is super super dope. It's really really nice in here. Y'all got the best of everything. Y'all got an all star team around y'all, and it's it's, it's always a pleasure to chop it up with you, man. It's been really. Been really, really good just getting to know you for real, bro. We sure, we kind of just hit it off on the beat, and you know, we always chopping it up at Hallis Hall or on the road or at Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. It's always good to chop it up with you, man. So, thanks for inviting me to come down. It's Absolutely, fun. and this won't be the last time for sure. So, everyone, make sure you go follow Herb Howard on all of his social media platforms, but also check us out here at CHGO on all of our social media platforms CHGO underscore bears underscore sports, myself at Nicholas Moriano. But that will do it for today's show. Everyone enjoy the rest of your Thursday, but until next time, bear down Chicago.